Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. I'd like to ask you to stay with me just a little bit this morning. I pray not to be too long. But I'd like to speak to you on sacrifice. After all, this is Communion Sunday. And this is a perfect day to celebrate the sacrifice of our men who have battled for the liberties of our country. Sacrifice, what does it mean to you? Sacrifice, I believe, especially since the days of movies and television, sacrifice really has come to mean a lot of things for a lot of people. Because really, when it comes to sacrifice, our relationship to sacrifice, for many of us, it's come across maybe watching an action movie, maybe reading a, a book of adventure, maybe hearing about some story about some superhero that did supernatural things for the betterness, if you will, of the community. When it comes to sacrifice, a lot of people have a lot of different definitions for that. When we think of sacrifice and heroes, we think about that particular actor dodging bullets and jumping from train car to train car and performing impossible maneuvers, jumping from one car to another or from even one plane to the other. And all these things are appealing to us because we know that the hero of the movies that we watch always gets the praise, the prize, and the girl. That's how we relate a lot of us to heroes and sacrifice. But this morning I'd like to speak to you of sacrifice in a more serious way and hopefully help us to understand really the elements of sacrifice and what it takes to really be sacrificial uh, in your life. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we have a chapter written out that many have come to call it the Hall of Faith. This is a story of many men and women and not all mentioned But many of them that we know in the history of biblical times, if you will, that we are told that stood out head and shoulders above so many others in the field and service to God. And it would be these people in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, specifically that God would choose to remember them in Scripture. To show us that really in this world... Heroes and sacrifice really do exist, but not as many of us think they should be or they should act. But these are people of renown, worthy of the memory of God. And those of us who know about them, certainly worthy of the memory of men. If you read this chapter, you'll find that these people mentioned Though there were many of them and lived in different times and eras, different places, they all had one thing in common 
in this chapter that they were all acquainted with sacrifice. Every one of them facing all the way from executing squads to leaving families behind forever and people and men and women being left behind as dead, abused, hurt. But they continued moving forward, never relenting or holding back from the initial mission that God had placed in their heart. But something that's very important that I believe dissuades a lot of people when it comes to sacrificial living under the Lord is that these people never received earthly crowns. These people here never really received too much earthly praise. They never really got a big notable prize. All contrary, in this scripture, we find that these people received all but the accolades and the plaques and the notoriety and the applauses of people. Many of them went through their lives after Christ receiving absolutely nothing in this world as the Scripture describes. Hebrews 11:13 reads, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They were living by faith when they died, and they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers to this earth. These are people who only by faith saw the coming prize, which was Christ. These were people that during times of prayer and in the middle of their suffering and their pain, what they thought of was not what was going on today, but what God had promised them in the future. But for them, during their time and era, there were no trophies, no certificates of accomplishments, no sculptures, icons designed outside in cities, to honor them or in the city halls, Nobel Peace Prizes or even a Purple Heart. Nothing. For them, in their hearts, they had something greater than all these earthly things and that, that was that the Lord would inscribe their names in His own heart and cause them to be remembered to show us the potential impossibility and the trueness that we too can truly come and embrace true sacrifice and become a hero in the eyes of God. Let me ask all of us here once again, what does sacrifice mean to you? I was thinking about something that I wrote several years ago when I preached such a sermon and I gave you a couple of examples of what we consider sacrifice. And they're a little funny, but nonetheless, we hear the word sacrifice normally behind these things that we do. You know, some of you may, may know that it's hunting season. This weekend, it's opening season. That might be why several of our veterans are not here today. <laughs> they might be out in the woods somewhere hunting a deer, taking time off. But you know, these hunters, as I am one, 
for the first time, actually, I have the privilege of going back out to the woods this year after my transplant, and I'm thankful for that. But when you sit out in a deer blind and it's 13-degree weather, you're sitting out there looking for a deer, you come inside the cabin afterwards to warm up, and you come home and you tell your friends about what a sacrifice you made to kill that particular trophy deer. Well, I thought about that, and I said, really, is that a sacrifice? And in my mind, knowing that I've sat many times in a deer blind at 10-degree weather, I said, that is no sacrifice. That is just dumb to do things like that. Other people may say, well, you know, we packed up our bags and went up this high mountain in some other country or even in our country, and we suffered and we sacrificed so much being out that mountains, camping and pitching our tents and coming back a week later. What a sacrifice. And I beg to differ. I believe that, honestly, you should call that a vacation. For others, maybe a spousal argument that you tell the family that you've been sacrificing uh, your life to work every day of your life and bring food and put it on the table and you blow your chest up and say, you know what kind of sacrifices I've made as your father. And I beg to differ again with that definition. I call that obligation. Sacrifice. We have many different definitions of sacrifice, how it's offered, how it's given. I believe that Jesus teaches us about sacrifice, and I'd like to bring some kind of parallel, if I can, in honor to our veterans, because having a personal relationship with veterans in my own family, I found that what I'm saying here to you today is very true, and many men that I've met and fellowshiped with that are veterans, that I've learned that they really understand sacrifice. And the first thing that I learned about sacrifice when someone sacrifices is that it is freely given. That it's freely surrendered. When you're going to offer a sacrifice, and a sacrifice that is true, it is crucial to have the attitude of heart in the right place when it comes to sacrifice. There has to be a willingness, if you will, when you're going to give something of yourself that's going to cost you. A sacrifice is never taken by force or given reluctantly. We have scripture that teaches about our giving that it should never be out of greed or need. We should never be reluctant to give unto the Lord a sacrifice even of praise. No one should have to make you praise. No one should have to make you offer a sacrifice of a 30-day prayer fast. You see, that's not a sacrifice when it has to be forced out of you. A sacrifice that is true is one that is freely given. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 54 and 6, I will freely sacrifice unto them. That is, I am willing to do what I'm willing to do for you. He was ready to sacrifice unto the Lord. There were no threats behind him. There were no problems or promises to gain from it. There was no popularity banner or prize to boast on. It had everything to do with a willing heart. And that's what sacrifice is. 
has everything to do with a willing heart. We are so proud, and we should be proud in this country, and I say this over social media, everyone who's watching us needs to be proud that for hundreds of years, the liberty that we enjoy in this country, the fact that we are able to come to church, and for many not come to church, even that liberty has come at the expense of willing hearts of men and women across the years to defend this liberty of ours. Many of them paying the ultimate price. Those that went and were going to be honored when they came back were those who said, I will go, not those that had to be pulled out and thrown in to that particular plane and taken off to duty by force. But a willing heart identifies someone who understands sacrifice. Let Jesus teach us this morning a little bit in John chapter 10, verse 14 and on. He said, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. John 10 and 18, he continues saying, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. He makes it clear. See, and I believe that our soldiers across the years have made it clear to us that they understood sacrifice. It wasn't by force. And anything that we do, when it comes unto the Lord, it's not forced out of us. We either give it willingly unto God or it's unacceptable. Sometimes we look at church going, we look at being faithful stewards of sacrifices. And sometimes we do that reluctantly. But it's important for us to know that any time we sacrifice, if it's time, if it's finances, if it's service, if whatever it is, if it's offering praise, God has to see that behind that, there has to be a willing heart. Willing to lay these things down before the Lord. The Lord willingly laid his life down for every one of us in this place. That's what sacrifice means. Secondly, this morning, sacrifice must be totally given. It's a complete action. It's never partial. It's always complete. Partial sacrifices are not acceptable. In Scripture, sacrificial animals did not only die a little bit. They were completely sacrificed unto the Lord. The little animal that was sacrificed unto the Lord would not be taken a little at a time. He surrendered everything. And so it is with us. Those of us who are believers in the Lord, we need to learn that when we give our lives to God and we call it a sacrificial offering of ourselves unto the Lord, there has to be a completeness of it. If there is no completeness to our surrender, can we truly say we are walking after God? Can we truly say we are offering our lives in completion unto God? 
Can we really say my life is a living sacrifice unto the Lord if it's not completely given? Completeness. When you look at your heart, can you honestly say, I've given everything to God? Or are you one of many who will say, well, I've only given some things to God? Then can we say that that is an acceptable sacrifice? I was reading and remembering, and this is a little funny in the midst of a serious sermon, but it illustrates complete sacrifice. You never can give sacrifice a little at a time. And actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to give you that. It'll take too long to make you laugh. Let me just continue by telling you, you see, that one of the biggest problems that the church has today, one of the biggest problems I believe Christians face today is their misunderstanding of sacrifice. This is why people do what they do, live like they do, and walk after Christ the way they do, because of our lack of understanding of what it is to sacrifice our lives unto God. We brought in this time together, we, we've come these many years that we've traveled together in our journey with God, and yes, we've given him a lot of things, and we've surrendered a lot of things unto the Lord, but can we honestly, I believe that would be a question that God would ask us all today, can we truly say we've given everything to God? I just spoke to a young man not too long ago here in our church and actually towards our office area. Really nice guy that I met even during service. He's not from here. He's from out of town. But he was here and I had the chance to talk to him. And, and he was telling me about guitar playing. And he was impressed by what he saw up here in this pulpit. And so that opened up a conversation. And it ended up that he himself is a musician. And we started talking a little bit of music just to break the ice. But he said one thing that's so important. He said, I'm a Christian too. I said, hey, great, man. That's awesome. It's good to hear, man. We need Christian musicians, man. He's a guitar player. And he's like, well, come to church. That way I can get off. I'm tired of playing so many years now. Take my place. I'd be happy to sit down and just enjoy worship with you younger guys. Have a great time. He said, yeah, but I'm kind of embarrassed, he said. I said, why would you be embarrassed? Because you're a musician? He goes, no, I'm afraid that people will see me on the pulpit. I said, why would you be embarrassed of people seeing you on the pulpit? He goes, well... It's because church is not the only place I play. And I understood exactly what he was talking about because he was doing clubs and he's doing presently clubs today. And it would be hypocritical. He felt hypocritical of stepping up here and knowing that he was in church today and in some smoke-filled room the next day. And so I asked him, I said, so would you consider yourself living for God? He goes, well, not really, Pastor. He's not really, I... I, I, I want to, but, but, you know, these things. You see, and I believe that not only this young man lives that kind of life, but so many young people, so many fathers and mothers today who profess the name of Jesus, who people who say, I love God and I worship God and I follow God, can we really say that we have sacrificed our lives 
Can we really say we've, left, we've laid our lives upon the altar of sacrifice to God and say, Lord, just like Isaiah did, here I am, send me. Do whatever you want with me, God. I belong to you. I lay my life down for you. If we're not doing that, can we truly say we are living sacrificial lives? Again, I say to you, when they offered sacrifices unto God, it was always complete. Some of our soldiers went off to war and they offered a complete sacrifice for the liberty of our country. They exemplify true sacrifice for us and this is why we honor you today so much. And more than that, we see the example of Christ. When Jesus went up to Calvary, which we are commemorating today, the work he did on Calvary, he didn't do it just partially. He didn't go up there and simply carry the cross and put it in its place and just watched it there and sat by the side. No, no, he climbed upon it as well. And when he was on that cross, he didn't get off the cross after it was dawn and it was, too, it was long and it was tired and decided to get off the cross to get some rest. No, he stayed there and gave it all up for us. Are we not blessed for that? But we have an example of the Lord, how truly it is and how important it is for us to understand sacrifice. You see, many of us live our lives, ladies and gentlemen, and not only us, but across the world. So many are let's make a deal Christians. We always try to work things out with God and just offering him certain things for other things. And just we, there's a bartering system with God, all because we refuse to totally sacrifice our lives to God. It's a normal act. It's nothing with you. It's nothing that just began today. It's something that's been around forever. People bartering with God, trying to compromise with him. I will give you this if you'll give me that. Or today I'm simply going to start. Let me just start little bit by little bit. And I can understand the mentality behind that. But ultimately we're going to end up having to sacrifice our lives unto the Lord and serve him completely. I believe that our biggest weakness in the church today is the fact that few really sacrifice everything unto God. John 19 and 30, the Bible says, when he had received the drink, this is Jesus on the cross, he said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That is completion right there. When we refuse to give him everything about us, can we say that's truly sacrifice? Can, when we refuse to give him all that we are, can we say that's truly sacrifice? When we're always trying to get away with what we can in our walk with God, if you will, can we really say we are living sacrificial lives unto him? When we serve him only, give him the, the lacking part or the, the extra part of time that we have for service, can we truly say we are living sacrificial lives? When we partially worship him and hold back shouts of praise, when we refuse to do certain things, when it comes to just worship him completely, can we say we are truly living sacrificial lives? See, God is looking for an undivided heart. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 and 35, he says, I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way, undivided devotion, 
unto God. That means nothing left out. No division, no marker, no separating, no this and that. It's everything unto God. That is sacrifice. I believe that every soldier on the battle line had to make up his mind at that moment when they stood at the battle lines across overseas and foreign lands, when they were there to fight a battle, they knew may leave them there. They would have to decide, listen, I'm in it all the way or I'm not. And I believe that we're getting to the point today, especially in today's society, you'll agree with me that things are getting pretty tight now. Things are getting difficult. I believe that the signs of the times are really here. More than ever, I believe that Jesus is going to come. How many believe that still? How many believe that still? That Jesus is going to come. And finally this morning, I simply say this. Sacrifice, real sacrifice, always begins with the best. Something about our teachers that I've always spoken about here, those that fill our pulpits, our teaching pulpits, all of them have work and jobs. And I've seen many of our teachers, even working on Sunday morning, will come in just right on time to teach their class. Others on Wednesday nights who teach classes work all day and right at 6.45 they get out only to fill a pulpit at 7 o'clock. And they give the Lord the best of their time regardless of what they're going through, how difficult it might be. They always, always offer the Lord the best. See, sacrifice always comes with a cost. The psalmist tells us, Second Psalms 24, uh, Second Samuel 24 and 24. The Bible reads, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. When I think of veterans, I think of what they sacrificed and how valuable it was because many of them sacrificed their youth. I remember in the 60s, and yeah, I was alive then. In the 60s, there were 18-year-old kids right out of high school that gave up their youth and went off to war in Vietnam. A couple of my brothers being those. No thoughts of college, no thoughts of marriage, all these things that they wanted maybe to plan like our young people do today right after school or high school. I'm going to college. After I get out of college, I'm going to pursue this profession. And after this profession, I'm going to do that and the other. And ultimately, this is where I want to end up. It wasn't that way when Vietnam began. For our veterans, there were young kids that took off to war who were caused and forced, if you will, to put everything that they had aside on the burner, as they say. Every dream, every hope, every plan, everything, all to go and fall in line and give them themselves to serve this country of ours. It costs something. It costs them their dreams, their future plans for many, their lives. It cost them their friends and their families. They were mothers crying and fathers holding on to the pain to see their sons taken away from them, the safety of their homes. They gave up the best. They gave up a lot. Do you ever ask yourselves, what is it that you have offered 
unto the Lord that has cost you a high price. We just read the scripture where a man tells us, I will offer unto God nothing that is cheap. I will offer unto God nothing that is worthless to me. I will offer unto God nothing, nothing that I found simply and just threw it in so they'd say that I was ready to give something. I would offer unto God nothing that was just a simple leftover. And yet we have a world today, ladies and gentlemen, please. We have a church today. We have a community of people today. That that's how we live our lives for God. We give him what we have left over. Well, I was going to go, but no, I really didn't have time. I ended up going out and playing golf with my friends. Uh, well, I was going to do this and I would help, but really right now I've got a fishing trip to go to. Well, I, I was going to do this and the other. I do have time, but I only have 30 minutes because after that, I've got to go do this and the other. And when you value the things that took that place or occupy that other time, I wonder if we ever ask ourselves, listen, what's more important here? My service unto God it's going to cost me that time that I was going to do this. But you know what? I chose not to. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give God the, the best. That's what sacrifice is. The Bible tells us in John 3.16 that the Lord loved us so that he gave the best. That's the only thing he had, his son, his one and only begotten son, the Bible says. He didn't have 30 sons. He didn't have 20 sons. He didn't have an extra son. He didn't have a slow son. He didn't have a not-so-smart son. He, didn't have, he gave us the best. The best, the pearl of heaven, the darling of heaven, his pride and joy. He offered that as a sacrifice for you and I. True sacrifice always costs and begins with the best. Jesus gave us his best. Do we? And if we don't, then can we really say, man, oh, I've been sacrificing a lot. Truly, I understand sacrifice. Well, I don't know. This weekend we commemorate Veterans Day because even today in foreign lands we are still giving our best. And men and women from all over this nation are going up there laying down their best. I find it absolutely frustrating, and I can say this from this pulpit. After all, this is my pulpit. I find it extraordinarily frustrating to think that there would be an ungrateful American on this land. I find it absolutely frustrating and almost infuriating to think that there are groups of people across the land in our nation that speak against those who gave everything to give them the right to be fools in the streets and protest. Instead of being thankful 
and appreciative that they gave the best. And I'm not speaking of those who paid the ultimate price and did not come back, especially those, yes, but those who went and came back. We have men in our midst, maybe not here this morning, but that have served in more than one war, who willingly came to, back to the inland and got back on a plane and said, let me go back, and they've served five or six wars since the 70s all the way to now giving their best their most valuable for us hmm. sacrifice do you understand sacrifice when you look at this table that we're going to partake of in just a couple of minutes do you understand sacrifice does the idea of sacrifice in your heart match up with what Jesus showed us true sacrifice is? Does your walk with God, does you living for the Lord truly exemplify someone who's living a sacrificial life unto God? I've given everything to Him. I've given everything to God. Can you say that? Or are we just offering him just little pieces here to entertain him and let him know that we're still kind of interested, but, but not completely? I pray this morning that as we bring value to this very special day, Veterans Day, and value to the men who served our country, I pray that we also bring greater value to the sacrifice that is exemplified by Christ and it comes to our lives to help us understand the kind of lives that we should live. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming. More than ever, I'm a 60, close to three-year-old man. And I've heard that statement said throughout the years from elders in church and friends outside. I've heard that declaration. But more now than ever in my own life, I believe truly that Jesus is coming. It seems like we're hitting now the wall, the final steps of what has been prophesied to us. We're seeing the true signs. It's, it, it'd be almost silly not to notice the comparisons with biblical times and what's happening here in our country today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to live sacrificial lives for Christ. It's time to start giving the Lord our best. It's time to give unto the Lord freely. It's time to give to the Lord everything that we have. It's time to really embrace God and say, Lord, I belong to you and you belong to me. Ask of me and I'm ready to do whatever it is you've called me to do. Is that you this morning? As we come to this table and I ask the ushers to come. I would ask you to look inside your heart and ask yourselves, am I living a life 
of sacrifice? Am I truly living a life that is pleasing unto God? Am I truly living a life that is agreeable? To God, acceptable. Am I? Are we? Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.